fired from Whitney's coat closet. charts. I'm Whitney Fishburne along with Elizabeth Grace. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, Whitney. We are both renegades from corporate media and we're now astrologers. Uh, Elizabeth has been an astrologer longer than I have. I have been using astrology for decades, but I only went professional in 2019. You, Elizabeth, are a modern astrologer and I was too, but in the past three years I've switched over to being a classical one and I have been studying formally with a Hellenistic astrologer, but we're both graduates of the London-based School for Traditional Astrology. So we, we kind of speak, we, we, we overlap. We don't speak entirely the same languages, okay. but it was your excellent weekly forecast that I thought would make the work that I was doing with Documental on remapping the way Americans pay attention so much more accessible and useful. I just love your, your actual forecast. So I'm going to put a link to it with this and uh, yay you. Yay me. I am a modern psychological astrologer. That's the first level of training that I have. I studied with a man named Noel Till, a proud Harvard alum. And what Noel did, which was so pioneering, he wanted to use the language of astrology, the symbolic language of astrology, and apply psychological need theory. There is another branch of astrology that is called mundane astrology, which is the study of these big ginormous planetary cycles and how they apply to world events. And what I saw when I was working in news was that there was a synchronicity between the stories of the day, whatever I was going to promote that day as a promo producer, and the planetary patterns. She has in the past been a promotional writer and producer for NBC and CNBC. It was her job to get you to pay attention to what was being said. So that's important. Keep that in mind. I was a health policy and clinical medicine reporter for a number of outlets previously owned by mastheads such as the Financial Times or Frontline Communications, but most of them now are owned by Medscape. My job was to avoid mentioning any words in my stories that were deemed by our fartist... <laughs> <laughs> by our pharmaceutical. <laughs> our pharmaceutical is really stinky people. <laughs> pharmaceutical advertisers. That's too controversial. I had other jobs too, but you get the idea. So off the charts is the synthesis of my work now as host and producer of Documental, Mapping the American States of Mind, a weekly newsletter and an occasional podcast on Substack, and Elizabeth's stellar work tracking trends in news and events using her skills as an astrologer. You can find her at graceastrology.com. Well, it's elizabethgrace.com, Elizabeth with an S, not a Z. And I'm not the steamy Canadian romance novelist. I'm the astrologer with an S, not a Z. Grace astrology is fine. It will, it will, ta- it will get you where you need to go. Okay. All right. Our mission is to empower you to be the media, to turn corporate media with a capital M into your tool and not your master. 
Because for most people, the media is a source of distress. It just dumps scary things on top of us without any context, without explaining who wants you or us to know what they're telling us and why. This puts our nervous system on high alert. It dumps cortisol into our bloodstream constantly because we're wondering about these theoretical threats that we're supposed to be responding to. And then we're not even sure if we can respond. And then adequately enough, if we do respond, you see, it gets stressful. And maybe, maybe it makes us, yeah. I would like to, I would like to speak to this because, because I, as a, with a background in marketing, selling the news as opposed to, you know, deciding what stories we're going to see, but actually selling the stories to get you to watch CNBC or CBS or CNN or whatever. Um, I want to, this, this is not, this is what you're saying is absolutely accurate. There is an old, um, a little saying in the news, if it bleeds, it leads. Okay. So there is an intention here. People who are selling you stories are selling you stories because uh, somebody is paying them advertising dollars to watch their programming, and they know if it bleeds, it leads. The, the, you know, the stuff on fire, the things that blow up, are going mm-hmm. to get people to tune in. Yeah, it is amazing to me today. I mean, the the big story this morning, you know, a gasoline truck blew up in Long Island, and 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 I'm thinking of all the things in the world that we could be talking about. Your local news wants you, not even local, it's national news. Well, it's not even really news. It's just really kind of infotainment because I can't use the knowledge of a truck blowing up in Long Island where I live in Washington, D.C. to get anything done. So it's not even useful to me. Exactly, exactly. But that is what sells. You're you're kind of stealing uh, the thunder of the next paragraph. Am I? I, I'm sorry. (laughs) Go up, please. No, no, this is okay. Anyway, no, but, but, no I'm, I'm glad you jumped in. You know, yeah. it's nice also to just go off script sometimes. I don't want us to be sticking to the script, but, yeah. but you know, it's, a, it's really important what you point out. And the next thing I wanted to say is just that it's really more pernicious than just they dump stuff on top of us and then we're left to be really stressed out. It's that corporate media is designed to capture our attention and sell it. So everything you just said is, you know, is true. And then, you know, so we are not just the consumer, but we're the product. It's our attention that is being bought and sold. We think we're actually consuming the news, but we're just offering them space to occupy while they turn around and sell our attention. So what we're trying to do here, and you know this, but so our audience knows is if you can start to see beyond what this machine, this media machine needs you to see, then they lose power over you. In other words, the media with a capital M has placed itself between you and the larger world doing exactly as its name implies, which is mediating the space between you and the world. And then they make money. So they're profiting off of you. And that goes back to, you know, that you're not really consuming news. You think you are. And there are ways in which you can use the things that you get from there. But first and foremost, what you do when you pay attention to the news is you offer your mind as space they can occupy for free and then turn around and sell it. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's limiting our lives. That's a limitation. Yes, and I would also like to point out that I started my career in marketing and promotion of film and television, and there is no difference between how we promote movies, which is fiction, and television. Hmm. These are emotional experiences we're selling. 
there's no difference between getting you to watch a news broadcast and a film. For example, one television network I, I worked at, the marketing or the marching orders were position your 30 second promo to capture your viewers attention as who will win. Mm, mm -hmm. People will show up. They are they are reinforcing this competitiveness in oh God, our CNN, culture. Anytime you hear, like anytime the debates happen or the presidential um, town halls, CNN comes on and it's like they've borrowed the announcer from a monster truck rally. One thing I do want to say before we we plunge on here is is that um, we definitely each of us know the the perils of corporate media. But that is not to cast dispersions on the really great work that so many journalists do. But I am not going to say that that extends across every journalist because there are a lot of crapo journalists, but there are a lot of really, really good journalists. And unfortunately, it's harder to be a good journalist because of the environment that's been created by money, 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 money. Because now so much of the world of corporate media is owned by private equity and they don't give a flying fig about the journalism quality. So, but let's just say that in there that we're not tossing journalists themselves into the toilet. We're, we're not just across the board saying, and by the way, journalists stink because we're not saying that. We're just saying that the, the paradigm and the model is not just, built to support them or us. We're saying follow the money and just be aware, yeah. just be aware of why I, I always be questioning, why are we seeing this story? Who made the decision in the limited, you know, space on the page of the New York Times? Why are those the stories being reported? So NBC was where I learned who will win. Then I went on to work at another network. Uh, it was the WB, but they were all about where is the conflict in the story? We're selling teen dramas, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, and Dawson's Creek. But every promo is like it had there had to be an argument going on because they believed and they were correct that this is what people were going to want to watch. Well, we can get into that when we start talking about the mission here as we actually get into it. But yeah, thank you so much for giving us a deep dive on that. I mean, it's it's true. Every I cannot stomach watching debates anymore because they set it up like it's going to a be a boxing match yeah it's worldwide which you know and wrestling, w, which, exactly. wrestling which is all fake right exactly. okay it's it is it's it's staged it is staged they set it up as it's on a stage it is staged entertainment so we are so, not being informed we are being no. distracted and entertained and we and have manipulated. to say and manipulated and 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 then we start talking about the astrology of all this stuff um, we're going to realize that you know the people who control our minds and control the airwaves over the next 200 years i mean there's a reason why this this fight is so uh, critical pitched. yeah pitched. well Okay, you just keep on stealing what I got written here. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sorry. No, say no. I'm good. We're, we're, no, we are yes anding. <laughs> yes anding. Uh, but interruption to ask: Can you hear all the drilling and the, I the wrecking? I, I, oh. I can't. I can't. I can't. That's why this. That's why this podcast <laughs> comes to you live from a coat closet. closet. It's fantastic on a moon in Leo. Oh, we are having a fun time. So what I want to make sure that our audience knows here is, is that um, if you're not the media, someone else is. And the point of off the charts is to connect you, the listener, to the larger trends behind the news. 
so that they're not the news, the media, the capital, the capital M corporate media are not the ones actually telling you how to interpret the world around you and how to actually access it. We're here to demonstrate that what you are is the actual media. And what we're doing here on Earth has to be done through us because we are the ones on Earth getting things done. So it's important to know what is happening in the cosmos that's beyond. And this is really the key. Elizabeth, you and I both believe there is more to life than this. And, and, and this is key. Life is not random. This is not random stuff. It's an ensouled universe. And we can either participate in it consciously or we can feel victimized by it because it was ha it'll be happening to us rather than through us. So this is our point, is to help people take their power back, get the people who are living rent-free in the minds of all of us out, and then to start using that power to actually engage with the world that is and is beyond. Either we participate consciously or we feel victimized. But the point is really, there is a dance of fate and free will. Yes. And it's really hard to know how far you exercise which or accept the other if you're constantly doing as instructed by whoever is occupying your mind. And if and you don't understand, if you if don't so understand to just think that we're doing the right thing when we're actually just doing what we've been instructed to do, it's very tricky. And this is not an easy thing to pick apart. Yes. So for example, if everybody listening to news, consuming news understood that there has been a major shift, a seed planting in who the winners of the game are gonna be for the next 200 years. And they understood that the rules are now that the people who control the element of air, airwaves, information, mindset, what we learn in school, what is printed on the page, what is transmitted through the air, we are moving away from a 200 year cycle where the people who were winning, quote unquote, were the ones who were mining the earth, the material world. If you understood that the rules have changed, you might pay greater attention with the information that is coming your way and you might be more attuned and see through the strategies of those who are, and see, oh, they know that if they have all this information, they're gonna be able to maximize that. They're gonna come out ahead. They know that if they can control what kids are learning in schools and mold it in the way they want it to be, whoever they are, you know, that's how we're gonna quote, win this game, this contest. If you know that there is a planetary pattern that reflects this shift in the rules, you would be better informed and more able to better discern exactly. what is presented to you. And so for, enter, for your in, infotainment. Enter off the charts. That's really what we're here to do is to mm. help people develop discernment. That's really all we're here to do is just help you develop discernment. You do not actually end up having to believe in astrology, I don't think, to, uh, to benefit from what we're talking about because we're actually just simply using observational data that has been built up over thousands of years. We're not pulling this out of our butts. You know, this is not right. just some stuff and we're not woo woo. Actually, that's why I like working with you is both of us are just like, okay, so what is the practical application of what we just saw or talked about? There's no like, 
I mean, there is this, we do believe in an ensouled universe, but we're not going to be like, woo, woo. And then, you know, it, I just, oh, that surprised me nuts. I don't want to hear about, you know, flighty, goofy stuff. I want to know how is this actually going to play out in public policy? I want to know how is this actually going to play out and what I need to take care of when I'm planning my finances for the next couple of years. You know, that kind yes. of stuff. Yes. You're going to find that here, people. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and, and also to your point about, about access to this information, you know, there are certain entities in our history that is sought to, to say, you know, you guys can't go there. Um, you know, who are you to be an astrologer? You know, you are not allowed to, you know, there is, it is divination. It is the divine. Who are you to be able to claim to know what the divine has to say? That there is and, and that has been through the ages where anyone who could see that they would remain in power or be able to do whatever it is that they want to do by stopping others from having access to information that that shows that life is more than just what we're told it's that not, it is. And it's not random chaos. There is an and, order yeah. to this. Whole, it, 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 it seems like fa- things are falling apart now, but you know what? That's part of the, that's what's, that's what you got on your calendar. Fall apart, (laughs) break down, decompose. So there's always been been a compulsion in humanity to manipulate others. I don't think that's ever going to go away. There are going to be people who listen to our podcast who are going to say, great, this is great. And by the way, they're going to say, this is great information I can use in order to manipulate other people. Don't do that. That's so wrong. But but then there are going to be those those in the audience who go, I know I'm about to be manipulated. So we're not actually here to tell you what to do with this information. We're just saying we're going to open up the floodgates so that you now have access to things that you either were trained to think was stupid, um, had no utility, or you just didn't have any interest in understanding how it worked. So the very first thing that we're going to do is we're going to address more directly why America seems to be losing its mind. (laughs) What the hell is going on? We are going to dedicate an entire show to doing some groundwork on, uh, you know, how to set the stage for our audience for the future. Because if you're not aware of what the U.S. Pluto return is, we think you need to know. So we're going to make sure you understand what it is and how it impacts what's happening in our news cycles right now. And it's going to be shaping the astro weather for some time to come. So that's what we're going to focus on this time around. Um, You know, you've, you've probably heard about the Pluto return already, if you pay any attention to pop media, um, but maybe not. Definitely you've heard about it if you've spoken with, uh, you know, a, like if you have an astrologer already, or if you're one of our clients, you definitely will know what the U.S. Pluto return is. Um, so that's what we're going to start with. And um, I just want to say also that we're going to talk about how it works just from an astronomical point of view, and we're going to be talking about it in an historical point of view, but keep in mind this is a process. And so even though this week is the first hit and Elizabeth is going to give us some other dates to, to think of and to be aware of, um, this is a process. So it's not just like, oh my gosh, February 20th, Pluto returned. Phew, glad that's over. No, no, sorry. It's not right. happening. <laughs> yes. And the whole world is not necessarily going to come to a screeching halt. Although it would not surprise me if there was one or two dramatic stories making news. We'll see. Yeah. 
Okay, so what you need to know about a return, a return, either the word return, this is very simple. A return means something has come back to the place where it started. So, or let me just put this in astronomical 101 terms. If a planet starts in one place in its orbit around the sun, the return is when it gets back to that particular place. That was my next statement. You are psychic. Well, I'm not, but okay. <laughs> but there's a natural logic. Okay. But yes, exactly. So, uh, you know, so, so, uh, so Pluto, uh, which is a planet that astrologers and astronomers did not even know existed in 1776 when the Declaration of Independence was signed by a bunch of renegades. Pluto, it's taken until February 20th just a few days from now, for Pluto in the horoscope, the imprint where the planets were at the rough moment we believe the Declaration of Independence was signed, which many thus the country was use, born. That is, that, is, that is, yeah, that is the essence of the country. You know, there are other, there are lots of other charts for the U.S., but I won't get into that right now. But we, we generally agree that to use this one as a, a solid reference point for understanding the character and the needs of the people and also cycles of, of timing, uh, you know, ups and downs. We use that chart, uh, this um, 5, 10 p.m. July 4th, 1776 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania uh, to as the birth of the US. So Pluto, it has taken, you know, it, it takes a year for the sun to return to its place in the horoscope. July 4th, 1777 would have been the solar return. Okay, of... stop right there. I know, I know it's hard to stop midstream, but I, you know, remember we have to keep this so that people who are um, not astrologers understand. And you, you just said it takes a year for the sun to return to its place. Folks, we do not believe that the earth is the center of the universe or the solar system and that the earth, the sun is actually orbiting <laughs> earth okay no but, no, but, but in the, no in the, in, but right. it's important people understand this this is a geocentric perspective on the different lights in our solar system and how they interact with the light and the energy that is earth so when we talk about a solar return what we're actually talking about is the perceived motion of the sun from earth that's the yes. primary motion of the sun i do not want anybody writing and telling me you idiot i don't you know that the earth does not is not the center of the solar system and the sun does not revolve around the earth yeah i know thanks okay yeah no that's no that's an excellent excellent point and that also speaks to what i said about about the language of astrology and how it evolved because what it does it it, it evolves from the perspective of the people on earth at that particular point and time. It's everything, I mean, who, everything is from the earth perspective. If we went to Mars, I don't know what astrology would, ha what would happen to astrology. If people I know somebody who can, I, I actually know somebody who's talked about that and I may just right. bring him on. But yeah, anyway, bring them right on now. because okay. that's a really interesting, interesting question. But anyway, but, but yes. All right, so from our perspective on planet earth, 
Right. Pluto is finally, finally, finally coming back to its place in the horoscope. And it's, and so because this has never happened before, um, you may have read even in the mainstream media that people are talking about this event of the Pluto return because astrologers have been looking at this event for decades, literally decades, and writing about what does this all suggest for the, for the, in the experience of the United States. Okay, Pluto has to do with power. It has to do with, it, it's, it's like we're, astrology is a symbolic language. So Pluto, Lord of the underworld. Okay, there is a suggestion already from, from what, that, what particular God this planet has represents. There's a suggestion of, of mortality, of death. Okay, breakdown, compost, resistance is futile. You cannot, it, it just, it, it's going to break you down. It's going to break you down if you look at it, the positive, the upside potential is, hey, you know, compost is actually a really good thing because it breaks down and becomes fertilizer for something new. Right. But it transforms whatever, it transforms and then therefore, and then ultimately empowers. Okay. Well, yeah, so, I think I think it's important to throw in the word that you often use when we're talking about it. It's an extreme. So when you think of Pluto, just and it think is it, and, and is an extreme. That's right. Pluto, when it comes in touch with any other planet in the in the cosmic sandbox, is adding intensely persuasive and extremes of thought, emotion, whatever. All right. Okay, Pluto. I'm going to stop you there. I, I'm sorry, but I got to make sure that my audience who is probably like, what are they talking about? When you okay. say Pluto comes in contact with another planet, it doesn't suddenly just slip out of orbit and go over and like touch Venus on the shoulder and go peekaboo. What, it, what we're talking about is when in their orbits, they make geometric connections. So either they are 90 degrees away, if you were to draw lines in between where they are in their orbits, okay, or 180 degrees away, or we'll say when they're conjunct is really when within their orbits, if you were to draw a line, it would intersect them both. And the same thing happens when we're looking at natal charts. So the Sibley chart is the natal chart of the United States. It's a 2D representation of a moment in time that we can actually use because we consider that that's the fingerprint of whatever we're analyzing. And in this case, it's the United States. So it's a static chart that's actually in, um, activated when other things are moving around it. And that, those are the transits. So when Pluto comes back to this particular place, where in the American Sibley birth chart, Sibley was just the guy who came up with the chart, by the way. Um, what we're saying is, is that it's conjunct, but it's just, all it means is, is that at that moment in time in 1776, Pluto is at the exact same place. Now we have a trend of 248 years because that's how long it takes for Pluto to, to do its entire synodic cycle around the sun. Roughly. So what we're saying, yeah, so yeah, more or less. So what we're saying is Pluto is conjunct itself where it was. And now we have a 248 year span of time that we can look and see what happened as Pluto was making aspects to the other planets in the United States chart in the solar system. It wasn't actually slipping out of orbit. It was making aspects, geometric angles to these things. I hope that that's a basic enough explanation. Everybody is welcome to pile on in the comment section. Yeah, and one, one way to look at it, 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 the idea, it's we say aspects, but it, the idea, the concept is contact. 
So if anybody here plays pool and you know, when you start your game, you break, you slam this cue ball into a pile of planets and, it, and the cue ball is gonna, it's gonna make contact with, certain, with some of them. And it creates, there's an outburst of energy as the force of that cue ball goes in and pushes all these other, not all of the, not all of the balls, but some of them get pushed around with certain forces. And that's kind of the energy potential we're, we see when, when, when on our paper, our little drawing of our horoscope, we see this contact. The contact reflects an outburst of energy, action for better or worse. Sometimes That's you excellent. don't know what yeah. it's going to be. If it's gonna, sometimes a, a thing, something that looks really awful actually turns into be a wonderful thing after the dust settles and you see what comes next. Okay. okay. So, so I'm just going to wrap it. That's awesome. I love that you just, that's a great example. And I think people can get that. So let, so where, where we, we've explained uh, what a return is. We've explained why a Pluto return has the potential for um, extreme breakdown. And we've explained what the birth of the United States is when we say the Sibley chart. So America feels a little bit uncomfortable to any of us living here who remember it a certain way and maybe frightened about what's to come. So there you go. That's so the wrap to, up so, so we, far. So we need to talk about, so Pluto, because you may, as you guys may know, you know, we also talk about the signs of, like the a planet moves through the signs of the Zodiac. The sun is an Aries, the sun is a Taurus, whatever. So Pluto in the US chart at the time of its birth was in Capricorn at the very close to the very end of that sign. All right, so what does that mean? Let's, in other words, let's translate though that, that astro jargon, that astro language into plain English. Pluto, power, breakdown, transformation. In Capricorn, translation of Capricorn, it's earthy, patriarchy, structures of government and society, which is where the founders of our country were at when they declared this, this revolutionary new concept that they were gonna break away from the powers that be. Pluto in Capricorn is the establishment. And so they were going and creating a new establishment, breaking away and saying, no, we're gonna be the establishment now. Go away, King, we don't like you. Let's go. All right. so. The potential of this Pluto return coming back is we're looking at who has the power in the United States. There is a potential for a breakdown, a composting of a system that may, have, may be rotten. All right, I have to explain something else. So everyone is freaking out about, oh, we've never had this experience before, it's gonna be awful. But the fact is, that even though it takes 248 years for Pluto to return to its place in the horoscope, it has actually made contact. There have actually been Pluto, con Pluto, Pluto contacts three times before. And we can look to those times to see what happened. How did the direction, how did the United States evolve? What did it do in the past to get an understanding of what's likely to happen, what the potential is when it comes back to its place? 
When so, you say contact, you mean that Pluto that's actual and moving contacted the place in the American Sibley birth chart three times before. Yes. And, and how and, did it do and, that? And, and the image, the image I would give everybody is the cycle. Like everybody knows that everyone knows that a new moon is when the sun and the moon are together in the sky. You that's know what? You- I think I think that's an assumption. I actually don't believe that everyone in the in the audience knows in, in lunar cycles anymore, and that's not because they're stupid. It's because it just doesn't matter to most people. They don't learn it anymore. Okay, We're not so taught the natural so, world. So let's talk about. The, all right. So let's talk about. Well, I want you to imagine. A wall, I want you to imagine a wall <laughs> clock. Okay. I want you to imagine that it is midnight. All right. So when it is midnight, you've got the little hand and the big hand together at twelve. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the equivalent of a new moon. The sun and the moon are together or any, anything is okay. Or a, a planet is it's a starting point. And then it's three o'clock, you know, or, or a quarter hour may even be mm-hmm. a better way to mm-hmm. put it. Okay. So yeah, you good. have the, the minute hand is now at three and we're at the quarter of the cycle. 1848 Pluto was making its first square to the natal position in the US chart in the sign of Aries. Pluto was in Aries making a 90 degree right angle to Pluto in Capricorn in the chart of the United States. Now in the language of astrology, Aries is all about pioneering, breaking free from the pack and not taking any bleeping stuff (laughs) from anyone. (laughs) And we had at that time in 1848, okay? 1848, which was the beginning of the year of revolutions in Europe. So there was a lot of other stuff going on in the world. But in the United States, what came into being was the highly visible Frederick Douglass, who was a former slave who'd learned to read who wrote passionately and eloquently and firing up the anti-slavery movement. So power in the United States, who has it? The balance of power was ready for a breakdown and transformation, okay? So because when Pluto is active in the horoscope, this is translating to the potential for whatever is rotten and corrupt to be exposed. For example, our Declaration of Independence, the horoscope of this chart, which includes this dreamy statement that all men are created equal. This equality was denied to women, slaves, and people who did not own property. And 248 years later, we are seeing this in the news all over the place in the battle over voting rights. This is a reflection of the U.S. Pluto return. Who will have the power? So that was the quarter cycle. So then, all right, so then the, so then the minute hand goes down and it goes down to the, to six. So, and then it's, it's, you know, it's 1230, you know, so straight up and down, down, full moons, equivalent of a full moon, Pluto opposing Pluto. This okay, happened. Stop. I know this is annoying, but stop. So if you're not able to picture a clock, picture geometry, picture a circle. What Elizabeth has just drawn for you is a 90 degree angle 
where, where the two lines of the hands of the clock met in the middle and created a 90 degree angle, that's a square, that's a square angle. And now you've just elucidated how the, the clock hand or the line in going around the radius of the circle has gone to an 180 degrees opposition from where it started. So now we have an opposition. An opposition, which is like a full moon. It, it, the sun is opposing the moon. You look up in the sky, you have this illumination. So we're at the illumination and release part of the cycle. What happened with respect to the US Pluto cycle? Well, this happened in 1936 and 1937 because it took that long for it to actually finish. And it was also breaking stuff down a few years before because Pluto moves so slowly with respect to Earth, with respect to Earth. And what was going on in the United States was that the, co the country was changing its values and moving into, you know, FDR was president, he was reelected after four years of New Deal policies, which was expanding the role of the federal government and social safety nets. That's and what, what do you know? It was in cancer, which is the sign of taking care of people. Like taking care of people. Exactly. Exactly. Pluto was in cancer, opposing the U.S. natal Pluto in Capricorn. But this was a change. So we have a significant change of direction. So the clock keeps on ticking and the minute hand gets to nine, which is a third quarter of the cycle, like a third quarter moon. It's another square, another 90 degree aspect. So Pluto square, Pluto this happened in 1982 and 1983. We have this major shift. Ronald Reagan was elected in 1980 and said in his 1980 inaugural address that government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And we've had pretty much since then, you know, taxes are, were cut, safety nets were slashed. You know, for the first time ever in my college, Wellesley College, and I graduated in 1983. And for the first time ever, economics was the most popular major hmm. it, it, it you know it used to be english it was economics in 1983 coming off of this breakdown and transformation reflecting that that pluto challenging our values shifting the balance of power okay and i want to note that when reagan is in office it's also at a time when pluto has entered libra and so therefore it's co-present with saturn and saturn is really functions really well in libra saturn does a good job of setting parameters when it's placed in libra as it is in the united states chart so when pluto enters pluto and saturn are really good at working to strengthen the powers that be and what we see is in Libra, the sign of justice and the balanced scales is, is that justice starts to tip a little bit. It gets extremely off balance. That's the way I would see it. And, you know, what we've seen as how it manifested is, is that big business and corporations end up with more power, more, you know, more of the justice in their favor than anyone else. And that puts it in, in a bit of a tense, you know, it's the square, it's a tension with the cancerian, the cancer sign concerns of the 1930s at the time when Pluto was opposing itself in the U.S. chart. So again, it's what you're talking about. It's this, this, whoa, whoa, the other way, the power. Right. <laughs> the power. It's a turn. It's, it's, it's who, yeah, we had this new deal, civil rights, Medicare, uh, social security, all these lovely things. And then the eighties show up and were challenged by Pluto. Oh, wait a minute. Now, coming back to, so, so when Pluto comes back to its place, we have the opportunity for another course correction. 
Now, why is this particular time so weird? Around 1979, which is the end of Jimmy Carter's presidency, was a pretty weird time. Uh, the United States, we, we had an oil crisis that we were in the middle of. We had, you know, Jimmy Carter was perceived as a weak president because we had this Iran hostage crisis and he didn't seem to be able to do anything about it because he wasn't going to roll into a, the country with tanks. It's not his style. Uh, and, and so what what America bought, he, he was being trying to be very practical, telling people to put on their sweaters, turn down their thermostats, put solar panels on the White House. But America, in its natal chart, has two strong tensions that are tough to deal with. One is a challenging aspect that says, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. Everything, you have to work for it. We have to be self-reliant. This notion of pragmatism, I think that's, I think that's an American thing. I, I don't think I'm making that What's up. What's the actual aspect so that people it, are it is, interested? It is a square, a tension mm -hmm. between the sun and mm -hmm. cancer, which wants to take care of everybody, needs to be secure, and Saturn, which is mm -hmm. the planet of limits and control mm -hmm. and authority. And it doesn't care about your feelings which is very hard if you're a sun sign cancer because cancer is by nature a touchy feely mom apple pie. This is what it's all about. And Saturn in this horoscope is saying, no, you have to work for it. You have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So that's one thing that's going on in, you know, it, it can allow, it's a wonderful aspect to have for building things, but it might do, do that at the, possibly at the expense of, Feeling. Where is yeah. Saturn? Is, is Saturn in Libra? Libra? It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's in Libra, which has this idea, uh, which is all about the law. You know, this is the rule. Of, it's the rule of well, law. And, Saturn and, is authority. Saturn functions. We, we'll get into this in a different podcast, but Saturn functions extremely well in Libra. So it does. But Saturn it doesn't is getting like away. Cancer. Yeah, no, it's getting away with a lot of its message of you will do as instructed and you will get it done the way it's supposed to be. And you mm -hmm. will pull yourself up by the bootstraps and I'll hear no more of this whining. Exactly. So that's one challenge for the United States that was in effect on July 4th, 1776. And we're kind of stuck with that programming. That What's the second one? Okay, so the second one is active now. And it was active in the late 70s, 1979, 1980, 1981. Okay, and that is another square between Mars, which in the language of astrology is the energy of action, aggression, assertion, courage, cars, firearms, warfare. Blowing heroes, up <laughs> gasoline blowing trucks, blow, blowing, blowing up in Long Island. <laughs> it's too funny. Yes, yeah, exactly. So Mars is square Neptune, which they didn't know about in 1776. I don't believe they knew it. They had not, had not discovered Neptune. Uh, but Neptune is no. the energy of fog, mm -hmm. razzle-dazzle, oil, dreamy. pixie dust, dreamy, not quite with the truth. And it's fascinating to me that the, in, in the consciousness of America, we have this thing 
pull yourself up by your bootstraps, work hard, you can do it. For what? The American dream. Right. This is imprinted in the consciousness. Oh, I'm chills. It's just amazing. I'm, I'm getting chills too. No, the American dream is a real thing. When you look at the horoscope of, of when, you know, when it was birthed, when these, when these renegades said, Hey, George King, yo, we're not, we're not playing by your rules anymore. This Mars Neptune pattern in the late seventies, 1979, 1980, and 1981 in the U S horoscope was activated by the planet Neptune, which and so we had a president who was elected because he made this beautiful advertisement about it being morning in America and people wanted that dream and they didn't want to put on their sweaters and put solar panels on the roof because that was too real. They went for the dream because the dream was activated. And this year and last year, that dreaminess, okay, Neptune is ideals. So Neptune idealizing Mars, Neptune idealizes cowboys and ammunition and heroes, all of the US war, Hollywood, the idealization and glamorization of the movies that we made. Yeah, okay, but let's give the why. The why that it idealizes those things is because of the way that, and I'm gonna back up and give a little bit of astrology 101 here, the way that in the natal chart, the planets aspect one another. What what I was talking about before, where they make these geometrical connections to they one make another. Contact. Right. And they, and so, they feed off of each other. Mm -hmm. but, they but support I, each other. It's it's yeah, but then there's also, I mean, if, if anyone has ever had any reason to engage with a psychologist or have some kind of psychological approach to anything, think of it in terms of archetypal energies or think of it as um, actual personalities trying to figure out how they're going to work together to get something done. And so what you've just described is how in the American birth imprint is this interaction between something that loves to idealize that would be neptune and dream and make needs you know to. and yet yeah, needs to right the way needs. they need to do things so they, they need, need to, to they need to wash out the details and just idolize whatever is oceanic and inclusive or dreamy or just like you drown in the beauty of it or whatever and that is the approach then to the way that the need for action is expressed in the American chart, and that would be Mars. So Neptune and Mars are getting along in the sense of, I need to idealize ammo and war and shooting and killing, but also protecting. And, you know, there's this weird interplay of how these things play. And, and it's not judgment. And, 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 yeah. op and opiates, because Neptune is, let's just go to sleep. Let's, let's bliss out. Yes. Yeah, so and, 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 or, and, or, and, or, and the spirit and spiritualism. Because so that's also well, that, now that we can probably get into in another episode. Night, yeah. I think 1848, 1843. That was the birth of the spiritualism movement when Neptune no, that, was, that, being that, was to, that was Neptune in Pisces. So when we talk about Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces in April, we'll talk about that. Yeah. So, but what I want to make sure people understand here is that we're not judging the chart. Like, oh, no. those idiot cowboys. 
oh, that idiot cowboy president that we had. No, what we're doing is we're explaining a psychological profile, if you will, of how these different personalities that are, are in, that are contained in every single human being, every single thing you ever draw a chart for is chart because it's it's the stuff of the universe we're talking about. We're talking about the ratio of these these energies that exist in everything and how they manifest. Yes, what I would say is that we can use our understanding of the needs, the potentials suggested in the horoscope to understand why choices were made at certain times. Because there is an upside. I mean, America does have this wonderful can-do spirit. You want somebody to come in and save the world, America can pull together and execute the plan brilliantly. They know how to work. Work is, we, we are, we Americans know how to work and Americans have the ideals of courage when they choose to, they are heroes. Right. Can we ever change? And is that possible now with this Pluto return? Will we, will we change? How will we change? Well, we are going to change because Pluto, we are going to change. So we have, there are two options for how we are going to change. Um, we could, after going through a period of composting, because the U.S. Pluto return is going to happen in three parts. The first one is going to, is the first exact hit is February 20th. And the second one is on July 11th. And the third one is on December 28th. And so I'm going to be looking very carefully at the news, what's driving the action around those dates to get a sense of, of, of where, where we might be going. Um, the reason why it's gonna hit three times, by the way, folks, is astronomical in nature. And that is because our rotation around the sun and our rotate, well, whatever, our rotation around the sun and that of Pluto are at vastly different speeds. So just think of it as if you're on a highway and you're zooming at 90 miles an hour, you are leaving a lot of people in your dust. And if you look in your rear view mirror, it looks as though they are going backwards. You're just moving faster and going forward. So as Earth and Pluto continue in their orbits, sometimes it looks, and because uh, Pluto's orbit is a little bit elliptical, it's a little bit unusual from ours, it just looks sometimes like it's moving backwards. That's why we say it's gonna hit three times. What we're referring to is just, if you were to look through your binoculars or your telescope at it in the sky, you would see, oh, it looks like it's moving backwards. It was already at that place. Well, it's just because our orbits are, are not completely synchronized. Yeah, um, you're, you're explaining apparent retrograde motion like why do why does it seem like i mean this is an astronomical thing because all planets except the sun and the moon because it's from our perspective on planet earth from our perspective on planet earth it appears that these planets are tracing their paths in retracing their paths they're moving backwards they're not but symbolically Correct. Symbolically, you know, so important. you know, the symbolism for astrologers is as above, so below, you know, we have potential for another, a course correction. The last, we, you know, 30, 36 was 1936 was the new deal. That's the direction we're going to go now, you know, in the eighties, Ronald Reagan and all those people come in and we're pushing, we're moving away from the social safety net and we're cutting taxes. So we, we're at a turning point. 
you know, are we going to go further into authoritarianism? That's a potential. Or are we going to push and go the other way? Moving away from this focus on consolidating power in the hands of the literally, I mean, it was the, the merchant class is what, what came into power at the time of the American Revolution and also the French Revolution. You know, they kicked out the king and kicked out the church and it was the merchants. And so we, so, and because Pluto is in Capricorn, which is corporations, structures of government, we have the potential for breakdown in these entities. And we're seeing it. Like, you know, yesterday, you know, we, we're, they're, they're trying to, we've got, you know, people are complaining about inflation, even though the economy, according to other numbers, our jobs numbers are doing wonderfully. And people are buying things, even though they are more expensive and corporate profits are going, are hugely empowered. But in the Senate Finance and Banking Committee, when they were going to consider President Biden's nominees, for the Federal Reserve, which makes policies to combat inflation, none of the Republicans on the committee showed up. There was a breakdown. They couldn't do anything because there wasn't a quorum. This is a breakdown in government. So if it's so if you think of, well, you know, the US is having a political return, you can make a little bit of sense of that astonishing event. Oh, breakdown. Things have to change. Which way will they change? How can I be a part of that change? Mm -hmm. so instead, I don't of just sit, instead of just being carried along by whoever happens to be, you know, in charge. So, so the Pluto return, you know, we're at this crisis point in the United States, who's going to have the power? Who's, you know, we have a, we have a breakdown here. And it's, it's made all the more bewildering because of the repeat of this Mars-Neptune activation power, which is going to be driving this year, which, which can be bewildering. It can be deceptive. And it can also take away the will to do anything at all. People are just like, what's the use? I cannot mm -hmm. fight this beast. But actually, this is what you know, you must do. <laughs> you got, you have, don't be driven by this planetary suggestion. Make a choice that, okay, I'm going to be investing my energy in an ideal for what I believe in, for what, I, for what my, my dream is, would be an appropriate way to, to manage the potential of this pattern. Elizabeth, let's, let's just look at that from the perspective of how we um, introduced our, our, our show today. You just described how in the chart at this moment in time, we would be faced with the decision to either be wiped out and give up and not care and be carried along, which is what an option that you, that's an option you get when, when Neptune is activated or to strive for the dream. And we're at that moment. So this is a perfect example of how, look, these are the energies at play, whether you like it or not, they're there. You've been trained to think that it's only X, Y, or Z, but there's always a world beyond what you can see. You don't have to accept it. It doesn't care if you accept it. It's out there. If you want to know more about it, you can look at the chart. 
So, so going forward, then we have, we have all these charts that were prepared and everything, but I think we ended up spending a lot of time um, explaining the importance of this moment in time in, in America. And that was really good for us to do. I don't want to take more than an hour for each of our episodes. So maybe um, to wrap up by saying, look, we'll come back and we're doing this every other week for the time being, and we'll come back and we'll be able to see these charts that we have prepared. We'll be able to actually say to you, we were looking at these moments in time and we've got more information about things that we know you are also paying attention to, such as whether or not Ukraine is going to get invaded today. (laughs) What else? I, I want to say one thing about the Pluto, since we've decided we're going to focus on the Pluto return, I want to say that um, anybody who's anyone in the U.S. government who rises to a position, or in the United States, who rises to a position of, of, of significance will have a planet in their own personal horoscope that is tied to something significant in the horoscope of the United States. So for example, many of our presidents and noted politicians have strong planetary placements to that US Mars Neptune square because there's a need for them to tie into this idealized hero in order for them to get elected. Many of our Supreme Court justices have planets that are connected to the US Pluto. So when I was looking at this impending Pluto return a couple of years ago, it was it was striking how how, how they are going to get how the court the, the SCOTUS the Supreme Court justices are part of the story of our U.S. Pluto return. So this is one thing that I think we're going to be seeing with the U.S. Pluto return is 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 who has that judicial power and who is financing them. Dark money, Pluto, dark resource. Pluto is Pluto is underground and it is power you don't see. Who is fighting? So that's going to be very interesting as this as this continues to unfold this year. So are you saying that um, the Pluto return will reinforce what is dark and unseen or it will um, change what is dark and unseen? Give us a little bit more insight into that. So it's I think it's going to put pressure on bringing this who who is pull, who is financing. It's going to bring it into the national consciousness. It's, it's going to bring it forward. I mean, I, you know, we were going to be hearing more debates on this subject. So what so what you're basically saying along the lines of our mission is is that we need to kind of pull back a little bit and just stop seeing what's happening all around us as one skirmish after another that has no, um, you know, that won't amount to something greater. That in fact, there are things happening that are necessary in a bigger picture if we are going to evolve. And that's a potential. Now we might devolve, we might cease to exist, but we might not. And we might through this breakdown and participating in this breakdown, start thinking, well, what would I want as a person who's involved in a country that is going through utter and complete change? How would I want my world to look rather than waiting for the news to tell me what my options are? But really there's an opportunity here. Things are breaking down. Things are different. What could I start thinking about differently? How could I start practically grounding this attitude of, oh, you know what? Things are breaking down. Things are not just corrupt. And some people 
will be more personally affected by this event, this pattern than others, depending upon what's going on in their unique horoscope. Mm -hmm. Another reason for people to not discount astrology, but see it right. as one of many exactly. tools like to anybody... live a more fulfilling and spiritual if they choose life. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please tell others about it. It's the first in what we hope to be an ongoing series. And uh, please feel free to make comments in the comment section. Just be nice. We'd ask that you don't tell us we're a bunch of witches and we're going to burn at stake and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's not like that hasn't been said before, but please just like, don't be so unoriginal. Tell us interesting things. And so ask Elizabeth, questions. Ask yeah, ask questions. questions because we might know the answer and that could be very useful to you and others. <laughs> and if we don't know the answer, then we can have a conversation about it. Thanks for listening to Off the Charts. If you'd like to support the podcast, become a member of Insold, the Journal of Cultural Astronomy on Substack at insold.substack.com. You can also subscribe to Elizabeth Grace's weekly forecast at graceastrology.com. For my co-host, Elizabeth Grace in New York City, I'm Whitney Fishburne in Washington. We look forward to having you join us next time on Off the Charts.